Hi neighbors, Courtney here. Welcome to the Local Living Carmel podcast, where you will hear stories from local business owners and neighbors. You can get more from Local Living Carmel on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to check out our local coupon book, which exclusively features deals from Carmel Independent Businesses, available in stores now. Hi, Leo. Hi, Courtney. How are you? I'm doing really well. Okay, so tell me a little bit about Meyer Aerial Photography. So, Meyer Aerial Photography focuses on using aerial technology, both photography and videography, for capturing uh, a multitude of, of needs. And so whether it's advertising or uh, event photography, videography, um, B-roll footage for purchase for other video projects that we're not directly involved in, um, we try to meet you know whatever our clients' needs are in in those kinds of areas. So a lot of what I've worked on initially, since this is a fairly young business for me, um, starting in real estate, a lot of realtors find that it's really helpful to differentiate their listing because it is such a new kind of photography mm-hmm. that it can really make make theirs pop. And so that was that was sort of the kernel that started the idea behind the business. Um, my wife and her father-in-law and I were having a conversation and uh, he is a realtor and so I've always kind of been a tech geek and I was I had read some articles about uh, this new type of drone that was being used and what it was being used for and they were patiently listening to me and at some point somebody said you know that would really make a great tool for realtors who are looking to to really make their listing shine in, in a different way and I uh, started thinking about it and started you know, researching the technology that's out there. And that's, I think, what's made, one, a business like mine work uh, as well as it has at such a, such a new stage, um, but also which is going to make it a competitive market very soon is that the technology is so readily available. Um, there is a lot of great consumer-grade technology with professional-grade quality built into it. So it's easy now without spending, you know, what used to be uh, a significant initial investment to get the the kind of equipment that can give you quality that, you know, your customers are going to be happy with, that you're going to be happy with, with, you know, selling to them. So that, that kind of got me started. And, you know, I moved from doing real estate to everything from... Uh, just events. Uh, I did my first wedding uh, back in October. So yeah, that was really neat. And I think it, I'm still not, I'm, you know, I wasn't a professional photographer by trade before I started this. Um, But I think that drones can offer a very uh, unique perspective on a wedding, but it's not the kind of technology that I think really suits for doing the whole wedding it's it was great at capturing very specific moments Uh, they had an outdoor venue so it fit into that really well it wasn't something when i got started that i really thought about as being a place to offer the service but i think it it turned out really well uh in the circumstances that i used it in yeah but since then um it's it's really been kind of the limits of the imagination as far as what it can be used for and so i've done 
uh, site inspections for new construction to agricultural work, farmers with crop damage who have to submit insurance claims. Oh, interesting. Um, and it's, it's growing in a lot of different areas. You know, this is something where I'm trying to read about it all the time because it's expanding so rapidly and it's being used a lot in search and rescue now. Um, also, uh, fire and rescue, uh, there's a lot of drones that are being equipped with some pretty sophisticated heat sensing technology and so they're able to use cameras to to look into damaged building structures where they wouldn't want a person to go in initially until they could determine it was safe um, so it, it's got me excited about where I can continue to grow and so that's why when I talk to people now about it um, I just kind of tell them that really I'm trying to put as much out there as possible as far as what my capabilities are, but I also try to make my message encouraging for people to contact me with an idea because there's there's almost always a way to work the, the technology in there for, for what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah, that's really interesting, being at the forefront of something, you know, so new. And it's something that's it's interesting because it's a technology that, like you said, it affects businesses and, and um, industries, but also just the regular consumer can use it for weddings or you yeah, know, whatever else. Yeah, and that, again, something that is making it uh, important to stay sort of abreast of the changes is because it's so readily available to the sort of the amateur consumer, they're also looking at it a lot more as far as regulation goes, restrictions of use, um, and so that's something that probably was the biggest challenge for me in the beginning because you know I'll be honest when I first bought the drone before I started the business and I was just kind of out learning to use it flying it and of course it's a it's a very fun device to operate to and so you know there's this giddiness about it but I learned really quickly that it's important to one follow all of the the proper FAA restrictions on it but then two to just have an awareness of what the, the specific locale of where you're flying it is doing as well. Um, the, county, or the City Council of Carmel just recently put a new ordinance on the books that restricts drone flight over public events without the event coordinator's permission. Um, you know, public areas are still pretty open, but there's some sort of general guidelines that need to be followed about flying over people and things like that. And, you know, there's a lot of pictures that you, you can find you know online that are just these fantastic drone images and videos but it it gives one pause as to whether they're following all the rules and regulations because there's a lot of flying over people and there are some circumstances you know private property individual permission things like that and you can get those shots but um, when you see a video of a drone that's flying over what probably amounts to maybe a half a mile or a mile or more of urban space there's there's a lot of individuals like down there yeah. yeah and so that's that's been really important to me just from a safety standpoint and I find that while those uh, those really high altitude shots are great um, it gives you a really neat perspective that was probably one of the biggest thrills for me in the beginning was just how far you can see but that you can also capture a lot of really cool images uh, low within the the boundaries of the property that you're working on without going you know you know, several hundred feet out and yeah. over somebody else's property potential, uh, potentially. So, um, it, it's definitely exciting on the forefront, but there's a lot of educating that's constantly happening. And so, uh, I had to, you know, focus on getting uh, an FAA 
regulations. So mm -hmm. the, the Federal Aviation Administration just passed that in August. That so how does that work? Do you need to like apply for something? So it's a, it's a test-based exam. Um, essentially what the FAA decided to do on a, a national scale was create um, a test that uh, if you were going to operate a drone for business purposes for profit that uh, the test would ensure that you were completely familiar with all of the safety and operating procedures that that they've decided are you know the most important sort of the 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 basics that everybody, whether you're amateur or professional, should operate by are things like uh, not going over 400 feet uh, in altitude, uh, keeping the drone within visual sight, um, not operating over people, and then there, again, I said, you know, like there are some exceptions there with, with permissions in private property, but those were sort of their general guidelines. Uh, but then the FAA added on to that some, some additional requirements for you to understand really a lot of material that a private pilot would have to know. And so in some respects, it's, it's maybe a little bit overeducated because what might apply to like a, a Cessna doesn't necessarily apply to a five pound drone. But I think their thinking was that because people are operating over urban spaces more and more, it's better to err on the side of caution yeah. with a pilot who's well versed in all of the safety protocols and everything mm -hmm. so but um, to go back to your original question essentially what you do is you know you can register for the test um, there's a lot of little local airports that offer it uh, they'll just kind of be like a remote testing center uh, through a company that uh, does this test for the FAA and then there are there are a lot of resources you can take training classes some of the airports offer them uh, there's a lot of online training classes um, I took it upon myself to s just study on my own. There's a lot of online materials and, of course, a wealth of videos on YouTube and oh, things yeah. like that. So it was... Uh, music. Yeah, right. Somebody <laughs> who's, who's taken the test and they're, yeah. you know, they're either excited because they did it or crying because they failed. And <laughs> they did report, you know, that the test does vary some. Obviously, they've done that to make sure that you can't uh, or that mm. you didn't really have a lot of people going out and then kind of, you know, giving the answers away. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> It, it definitely, I think, covers enough that they were able to ensure that people were, were going to be well-versed in it. Mm. But then from there, once, once that's out of the way, then it, it's no different than starting any other business with uh, business licensing and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. So really the, the FAA regulation is the only uh, certification that you need in order to operate uh, a drone for business purposes. So how has it been for you? Because you said you were a techie before this. Yeah. Um, so kind of always up on the latest, you know, technology coming out or whatever. But you weren't into photography so much leading up to this. What were you doing? Because the tech side, I assume, was kind of in your free time. Yeah. So, so the nine to five. So um, I, I moved here. I'm originally from Michigan. Okay. Um, I moved to the Carmel area from Ohio, but um, my my mom and stepdad have lived here for. Uh, 16 going on 17 years now so I had been to Carmel a lot moved here from Ohio and a, my I guess my um, educational background what I went to college for was actually uh, English and so I taught for a little while right out of grad school and I moved here I did teach a little bit after I moved here but just kind of decided like I wasn't up for the five years of doctorate school and uh, you know just said okay well what's what's the next thing gonna be and I got really lucky um, looking just through 
monster.com or you know yeah. career builder or something like that and um, I found a company that does this is gonna sound really weird but uh, we do algae and weed control lakes and ponds oh, okay. so I always sort of compare us to like a, a landscaping company for water and uh -huh. we work a lot of residential retention ponds things like that just keeping them looking nice clean and so um, I went to work for them as an account manager and just fell in love with it another great they were located in Indianapolis but small company mm -hmm. good people um, really you know grounds up kind of thing uh, like what you're interested in yeah you know the the self-starter and a great owner who in a lot of ways has been really a role model for me like being able to take something completely his own idea give it give it his own spin and really really make a go of it and and create something that he can really be proud of and so I, I will say that when I kind of started thinking about Meyer Ariel and thinking a lot about how you know the the owner of my company started out and and just using that in some ways as a as a loose model for me and thinking okay you know like if you if you approach the customer in you know an educated respectful way you know with integrity and you provide them the best product you can that you're going to get good results out of it uh, you know that's what I I kind of learned working working for him and I tried to bring that with me as as inspiration into, yeah, into this are, new one. Those are lessons you can't really I mean you can hear them in the classroom but to actually internalize them you have to watch someone live it out. Definitely. Um, go, going to work for him was probably the best you know the best yeah. education I could have in, in doing something like this and in, and in a lot of ways just kind of you know how how to be in the world and and how to you know handle yourself and yeah you know, like I said have 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 some integrity about what you're doing so that's been that's been an important factor to me you know in the beginning when I was getting started like you said I wasn't I was a tech head but I wasn't really a photographer mm -hmm. and so I had to train myself on that one and again there's a lot of great technology out there that dummy proofs photography mm -hmm. not to say that it's simple you know my wife and I got married last year and the images that the professional wedding photographer we hired captured ours really showed me like there is an art to photography mm -hmm. for sure and so I, you know that's something that I I definitely kind of aspire towards uh, in learning learning that part of the equation for the business um, it's it's easy when you're doing something like a construction site because you know what they want to see mm. they're not looking for artistic necessarily this is this is practical certain spe specs definitely yeah like yeah. it's you know here's the the boundary of the development mm -hmm. and that's what we want to see versus working in uh, a like a setting like a wedding the one that I did in October and that was um, it was for a friend he had approached me he knew I had started the business um, they were they were a little short on funds with the, the cost of a wedding and they really wanted a videographer and just kind of approached me and said hey would you be willing to do this so I said you know sure and added you know to my repertoire didn't didn't do everything with the drone and, and did some some hand camera work and things mm -hmm. like that but in some ways it took the pressure off because he was my friend and you yeah. know it wasn't like I was I was charging them an insane amount of money like a professional videographer would but at the same time it was it was good training on mm -hmm. I want to give them a good product this is an important moment for them um, and this isn't a construction site so how can I add more of that artistic mm -hmm. flavor to the to the photographs and the video that I'm taking for them so that's that's probably been the 
the next phase of my education. You know, in the beginning, it was the, the practical stuff, operating right. within the, the legal boundaries that I was required mm -hmm. to, to to do this business, and then moving now into sort of the the less tangible side of of creating images and videos yeah. that people find appealing. And the only way to learn artistic. that stuff is to do it. Absolutely. And that's the greatest part of digital. I think mm -hmm. that's the beauty of, of digital technology is that you're only limited in the amount of storage space that you have. So you can just snap and snap and snap and snap and snap and experiment and, and have fun. And that really gives you some freedom to, to try to learn that. Yeah. So what's, uh, you're still working for this company during the day, I am, right? I am, okay. yeah. That's that's still keeping the lights on. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've noticed that a lot of owners have that long um, crossover period. Mm -hmm. It's necessary. So when, yeah. you do, when do you do the photography side? Is it just you come home, you work on it? Is it kind of like when you get a gig? Yeah, it, right now it's, it's, it's when they come in. Mm -hmm. um, thankfully, I've got some good repeat business now some people who liked what I did and so what kind, they of, kind of industry has the repeat business is it the construction realty it's definitely the realty okay. realty so far it's uh, you know when they're going strong most of the time I'm going strong the realtors that I've made partnerships with uh, Carmel Indianapolis Westfield have been great but you know if they don't have a listing they're not calling me and so since that's been the sort of the foundational uh, part of the business so far. It comes in, um, I actually just on my way here today got a call from one of my realtors and said, hey, I've got new listing. I know the weather's not great, but maybe next week, and then I'll have mm. another one the week after that's getting ready to go. Yeah, so, so it'll ramp up now closer to summer than you guys. Definitely. It. You know, winter, winter was a slow period, and mm -hmm. it was nice because I kind of took the opportunity to work on some of the other side of the business, mm -hmm. um, working on the website, working on social media, um, advertising, so that when spring gets here, um, we can kind of go back at it strong, you know. I, I actually, the realtor who contacted me today said, I've got this listing, and I said, well, with, with the weather today, I, we're better off waiting until maybe next week. It looks like it's going to rain for the next four days, and since we don't have any snow, it's going to look like a sad, wet yeah. Indiana winter, so not the Which most... Which is a super depressing scene. It, it definitely is, and even from the air, it's not going to make yeah. it look any better. It yeah. may even maybe make it look snow. more depressing. <laughs> so, yeah, if it were if there were snow on the ground, you, you would have that going for you, but bare trees, brown grass, uh, grass and and gray skies don't make for a great uh, opportunity yeah. yeah that doesn't encourage <laughs> encourage people to open their wallets yeah but um yeah really i work on on the work as it comes in and then like you said come home from the nine to five and go to editing um start working on the photos and videos and tweaking and cutting and that kind of thing just in the after hours but uh something that is a lot of fun you know, if it if it wasn't that, it would be watching you know something binge worthy on Netflix. Until so, you have kids, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. True. <laughs> so uh, and it's it's nice because in in some ways when you're just doing color adjustments and things like that, you can can sneak a little Netflix in the background or something <laughs> like that. But uh, it it's fit really well in in with my day job. That's a nice thing. Uh, one, you know, it's weather dependent, so. There's just some days where we can't fly and can't can't shoot. It's yeah, just not convenient. Um, so I'm able to to manage that side of it, work it in. Um, you know, my clients have been really flexible with that. It's nice that 
I'm working with a lot of businesses already who it's it's not like they can't wait a week for the weather to change. It's not the kind of thing where they're expecting a turnaround tomorrow. And so I can I can make the scheduling work uh, with uh, it not being the the full thing right now of nine to five strictly on this. So giving me time to build it, giving me time to develop that customer base um, and the portfolio that is really going to spark more business down the line. So what what type, I mean there's so many different ways you can go with this aerial photography like you've mentioned. What do you enjoy the most? Like what's the most satisfying for you personally? Um, I would say that's really dependent on setting um, because there are some some real estate listings that can be really fun, others that are just sort of no more standard standard point and shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're working, uh, I did a, a property earlier in the summer that was, I think, nine acres uh, in, in uh, north of Westfield uh, on a pond. I saw that shot. It's beautiful. So, yeah, I mean, things like that are really fun. It gives you an opportunity to play around. You've got a lot of room to work. You can go a little higher, too. Go a little higher, bigger. go a little further out. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun shooting the video on that as well because I could kind of do some long tracking shots, um, you know, some some tight pull-ins and things like that where you're getting a little bit more variety than when you're working in, say, a, a tighter development where, mm-hmm. again, trying to respect property lines and things like that, not fly over other individuals' houses, you're sort of restricted to doing that tight circuit right around the mm-hmm. house, um, maybe a couple of couple of swoop-ins from, from along the street and public areas. Um, but I would say setting is the big thing that, that affects how much I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely flying in open spaces has been a lot more enjoyable for me than some of the, the denser urban areas. I think that the the urban areas can provide some really neat shots, mm-hmm. but um, I've I've done some things on Morse Reservoir that have been really cool. You know, going out over the water and coming oh, in, yeah. it just it it gives you such a neat perspective on the landscape, especially mm-hmm. when you get up above the tree line. That was sort of the the wow moment for me when I first started flying the drone. You know, the, learning with it, I went into a lot of open areas, fields, things like that. Um, but the first time I flew it and was taking off from uh, an area that was sort of surrounded by trees and getting up above them. Mm-hmm. The moment you kind of see the landscape above the tree line was was really cool. Um, sunrises and sunsets are so amazing with, with the drone. Um, again, there's, there's some legal restrictions there. They call it the magic hour, you know, an hour before sunrise, an hour after sunset. Um, flying it... Uh, after dark is a bit of a no-no unless you have an exemption Mm. and so uh, I I was lucky enough I only did that before I actually started doing it for profit so made made the mistake as a novice of flying you know well after dark uh, on the 4th of July to be honest but it was amazing (laughs) seeing the fireworks stretch from Carmel all the way to downtown Indianapolis 
from my backyard. That's so cool. It was amazing. It was really amazing. So uh, setting does a lot for yeah. for the part that really gets me excited. Do you ever find because you know for a while drone was a really loaded word. It, um, so like, do you find any pushback from people who don't fully understand? So I, I'm really glad you asked that because that was something that I thought a lot about when I was thinking one about how to name the business because <laughs> mm. um, there are a lot of companies that use the word drone in their in their name it's such a heavy word now. and it definitely is because you know obviously when when you say drone people immediately mm-hmm. think of the military War. application yeah. um, and when when the FAA released their uh, licensing in the summer they started uh, they kind of had been but really made the push to use the the term unmanned aerial vehicle or unmanned aerial system and so you'll see it abbreviated um, UAV or mm. UAS a lot. It's like calling prunes dried plums. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, it is what it is. But um, I think that one, the, the exposure to them in the in sort of the amateur world has has maybe turned that around a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, like I said, I'm still I'm still a little careful when I use it in in things like social media and that sort of thing. But I think when it accompanies the, the work itself, yes. that makes a big difference. So, you know, it, there's the difference between maybe putting a, a post or a tweet or something out there where you're just using the word, but when you attach an image of... When those images know, are like... <gasps> it really is. I mean, so, it really is the, yeah. the, the circumstance that you kind of have that, like, <gasps> moment of, mm-hmm. of awe when you see these things. And so I think that that's helping change... The, the initial thought mm-hmm. of, of people when they when they hear the word drone. I wondered at, uh, at the church I go to, someone was using a drone to get some like shots of mm-hmm. the parking lot, and a lady came running into the church panicking, thinking you know something terrible was happening because yeah. she saw a drone up and everything. Yeah, and it's I think that that that's the other side of it is that maybe now we're seeing a transition from people initially thinking about mi- the military mm-hmm. when they hear drone to thinking about surveillance. Because mm-hmm. now you have a very tiny, well, in some respects, uh, depending on the, the type of drone, but in, in some cases a very small device equipped with a very powerful camera. Yeah. And so there's there's obviously issues of privacy mm-hmm. and uh, legitimate at play. Concerns. Le- legitimate yeah. concerns, absolutely. Um, public places, mm-hmm. you know, flying, it's, it's important to remember your surroundings. And if, you know, anytime, I, I have actually only been approached with curiosity nobody out of concern where they were you know cons- concerned about being filmed or something like that um, but I would completely respect that if somebody you know if I was out flying uh, just on my own or something like that and not doing a job and somebody said hey you know I'm, I'm not really comfortable with that mm-hmm. I would I would absolutely understand and respect that because like I said it is a very good camera and if it you know, catches you walking down the street or something yeah. like that, and and you were to go back and review the video, it would be a fairly clear picture of the mm-hmm. individual and that kind of thing. So, there is some important you know boundaries at play that you need to respect if if somebody approaches you, and that's just kind of how I operate. So I wonder, were you the kid who you know got the remote control cars and were zipping all over the neighborhood? And <sighs> definitely, okay. um, I had you know a few different remote control cars when I was a kid. Um, I also took pilot's lessons when I was in high school. Oh, really? That's um, interesting. My brother's a pilot. Uh, and so you're actually, an aerial guy. Yeah, I've kind of always had a love of flight. It's huh. probably been, you know, maybe the 
the biggest um, enjoyment to kind of observe and uh, not necessarily in, in terms of flying airplanes I mean like I said I took some pilots lessons but I had fun but it always made me nervous like I always mm -hmm. felt better when the instructor was flying or mm -hmm. if I was flying with my brother I had a great time riding mm -hmm. in the plane but I was always a little nervous to take the stick now the, mm -hmm. the drone has been different this is I have a total sense of comfort flying it but just to to kind of enjoy the the activity of flight has yeah. always been been big for me um, and my brother is actually uh, manufactures uh, airplanes uh, he does small aerobatic carbon fiber airplanes um, actually a few that uh, are used in the Red Bull Air Race that was recently here in Indianapolis um, so uh, I've always had yeah that love of things that fly um, when I was when I was really young our neighbor had a couple of remote control helicopters uh, and he also had, we lived in the country in Michigan, and he also had uh, an ultralight. You know what that is? Basically, no. a, it's essentially a hang glider with a propeller attached to it. Okay. Oh, um, I think I've seen these. Yeah, like really small airplanes, if you could call them that. Uh -huh. um, but it, it's usually just kind of a, a rear-facing propeller <laughs> or sometimes a front-facing attached to the wing. And it really is just, it looks like a hang glider with a seat and a motor attached to it and uh, they had a lot of farmland attached to their property and he would just like drive this thing out into the field and take off and you know his son and I were, were good friends when we were little and you'd watch him fly around the, the fields and stuff of course my parents would never let me ride with him <laughs> uh, and I was really jealous when his son would get to go up with him but they were like no that thing is dangerous which they were probably right they were probably absolutely so, right yeah uh, but I always I always got like a real thrill out of that kind of thing mm. and so when when I was in high school, like I said, I took flying lessons. I also had a couple of remote control airplanes, um, which I almost always eventually crashed. Uh, great on takeoff, great in the air, terrible on landing. Um, and that is probably the thing that uh, made me feel comfortable with tackling the drone is that it operates. You know, most of them are quadcopters, technically four four bladed helicopters, um, and that means you know up and down there there's no landing really like an airplane so uh, that that was a uh, one of the things that that kind of told me okay well we're gonna take a try at this it's not like your remote control airplanes that you had in <laughs> high school it won't it won't end as badly so <laughs> it's pretty expensive it is yeah yeah especially now that I'm the one who's investing in these yeah. and not my parents or something like that the again the technology that's that's in there is also something that allows so many people to just go out and pick one of these up and start flying them successfully. Um, most of them now have GPS built into them. Uh, you're usually using a remote control in conjunction with either a smartphone or a tablet that's also connected to it. Uh, some kind of monitor, that's how you are able to see what the camera is looking at. And so there's, there's just a lot of technology there that stabilizes them. Um, windy conditions it gives you a much steadier shot because it's it's sort of helping you by using the GPS mm. to sort of steady the steady the uh, quadcopters so mm. it's amazing how easy it is to fly it out of the box but then once you get experience with it and you start to 
expect more or try to get more out of the camera side of it, mm -hmm. then you realize that the finesse involved with some of it is a lot more difficult. It's not the, as easy as getting right, out there. Right, yeah, I, yeah, you can, anybody yeah. can take off and zip around, but mm -hmm. once you want to do a steady pan shot mm -hmm. or you want to do a zoom shot or something like that, then you start to see every little bump and nudge and wiggle, mm -hmm. and so that pushes you a lot more to to then get the, the controls down a lot a lot steadier. And another situation where education was good, you know, I learned a lot there as far as you can fine tune the controls within the software that's operating there too. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, the manual controls, it's uh, it's in the software itself. You can tweak it a little bit to suit your personal style, uh, to yeah. slow it down. If you're, you know, a little heavy handed on the controls, you can actually sort of rein yourself in through the through the technology that they provide Interesting. yeah it's it's very customizable so once once you dive into that side of it then you know that sort of expands the the abilities and capabilities of the the technology even more yeah so what do you see kind of coming up for Meyer Ariel in the next year maybe even two years what are some of your goals what are you shooting for so what I would what I would really like to see happen uh, in the next year probably twofold the first is is on me, and that is to really refine the portfolio. Uh, I think that at a point I'm going to need to transition from doing the one-fits-one approach for my customers, which has been great so far, but I think down the road to help attract a greater number of customers, it's going to be important to have um, that concrete portfolio in place and s say, you know, you may not have an idea of how you want the technology to be used. You just know that you think it could could be employed in, mm -hmm. in your circumstance. And I'll have that available for them to kind of help guide mm -hmm. them through the process of deciding what, what it is. Shot. Yeah, what, what kind of shot they want. Or is it is it a situation that would be best suited for, for just videography or for still photography? And then two uh, is, is sort of something that I hadn't mentioned yet, but... Uh, another opportunity that exists is with uh, what's called B-roll footage uh, for for films and, mm -hmm. and video projects, and which are uh, becoming a lot more popular. Definitely, you know, there's, I, uh, you know, with the the popularity of things like YouTube and Vimeo, you have individuals who are creating businesses that deal exclusively in creating videos of some kind, and sometimes they're looking for shots to insert in between the things that they're recording. And there's a lot of websites out there now that are uh, marketplaces for that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I've kind of I've gotten myself set up with one of them. And essentially what they do is they have parameters on the quality of the video type of video that you're submitting. But then every time a customer purchases it, you get a portion of the licensing that they're buying to use the video clip in their work. And so I would really like to see my catalog built to a point on there where there's some nice residual mm -hmm. more passive income mm -hmm. uh, being generated by the work that I'm doing and there's there's really been some great podcast episodes that I've listened to from from some individuals who podcast on drones that have said you know they they've been able to build their b-roll catalog on some of these services to the point where month to month they're they're bringing in some nice you know what is essentially passive income for the business which allows them to, you know to dedicate those funds easily to 
you know, expansion of the, the hands-on part yeah. of the business. And so I would like to see those, those two things happen over the next year. Mm -hmm. is, you know, uh, in terms of the customers who are coming in right now, I think fitting, fitting it in with the, the schedule I have with the 9 to 5, it's worked out really well. Um, you know, that, I understand that at a point that becomes a limiting factor for, for that side of things. You can only do so much from 4 to whenever it gets dark. And unfortunately, in you know, most of the year during Indiana, you're not getting past, you know, 8, 9 o'clock. So yeah. you've got a few hours to work there and weekends and things like that. But um, I think there's a lot of opportunity for stock footage and things like that. Mm -hmm. So. Um, just just looking to kind of develop those two sides yeah. of course any any business that walks through the door is a, a happy bonus on top mm -hmm. of that with the, the steady work that I get from the realtors that I've partnered with and and some of the other organizations so mm -hmm. uh, I think that refining uh, everything that I've kind of gotten in place so far is is really what I would like to see happen over the next year yeah well very cool I wish you all the best Leo I like thank your you Courtney photos I like the concepts everything so that's great it's well an exciting growing field that's great well I appreciate the <laughs> appreciate the support yeah well thanks for the interview I appreciate it absolutely it was a lot of fun thanks Courtney thanks for stopping by you can download new episodes of Local Living Carmel podcast on iTunes or subscribe at locallivingcarmel.com where you can get to know a new Carmel business owner and neighbor each week. See you next week.